so being able to go, wow, every moment is a moment that I'm in the unknown. It's a revelation. Hmm. It's a revelation. Oh my God, I'm doing it all the time. But, you know, and then we <laughs> squeeze up again to go, yes, but. Um, hmm. It's those little incremental places that um, a, a thinking partner or a coach or a fair godmother, whatever you want to call a person who says, look, you're doing it now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but I can't do it over here. It's like, okay, good. Good to know, but you're doing it. And you can allow yourself to be available to, wow, I'm already doing this. If I can do this here, then I can learn to do it over there. If I can learn to be okay with the unfolding, like we have a lot of wind today, right? And I could be all in a panic, like, oh my God, 40, 40 mile an hour winds, it's gonna... And it's like, no, I'm, I'm okay with that. I've learned to be okay with that. We all have a story to tell. The longer our lives, the richer our stories. When I look at you, I see a woman of strength, integrity, character, a woman who has seen hardships, struggles, pain, and loss. A woman who has compassion, love, courage, and power. A woman who has succeeded, failed, and learned. A woman who will continue to persevere and thrive. When I look at you, I see a woman who is wise, not withered. Hello and welcome to the Wise Not Withered podcast. This is season four, episode number four. So today's interviewee or this month's interviewee is Dr. Rosie Kuhn. Um, I met Rosie Kuhn, well, I actually sent her a cold email as some of these things go um, from a spotlight uh, course spotlight on daily ohm. We actually talk about that uh, towards the end of the interview. Um, I just sent an email and asked if she would like to be featured on my podcast, and she agreed. So here it is. And just to give a little bit more background about her, um, Dr. Rosie Kuhn is the founder of the Paradigm Shifts Coaching Group. Um, which again, she talks about all this stuff in, in the interview, but her coaching company focuses on personal and spiritual development in oneself in relationships and in the workplace. She's considered a preeminent thought leader in the field of transformation. Um, she is a transformational coach and has been in the field of self transformation for about 40 years. She's the author of 14 books. Um, again, we talk about this in the interview. She has written books like Aging Like a Guru, Who Me, and I've Arrived, well, sort of. Um, 101 Discoveries and Revelations Stumbled Upon While on the Sacred Path to Who Knows Where. Her books can be found on Amazon. Um, she's also been training individuals to become transformational coaches for over 20 years. So if you are interested in speaking to her about coaching or training with her personally, you can email her at rosie at theparadigmshifts.com. So that's R-O-S-I-E at T-H-E-P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M-S-H-I-F-T-S 
www.kimberlyjohnson.com. She also has podcasts and she's on YouTube. Um, her podcasts, which I have listened to so many, they're really, really nice little bite-sized um, pieces. I think they're usually around 10 to 15 minutes. Um, there's spiritual immersion, taking the plunge, and just like one of her books, aging like a guru, who me? And again, she can be found on YouTube as well under Dr. Rosie Kuhn. And yeah, she just, it, it's, I mean, kind of like I say with every one of these interviews, it's just, it's so inspiring to hear different things that she's gone through over her life, things that she's still um, working through now and hearing about her perspective on just self-development, um, self-love, self-compassion, um, different ways that people know themselves and then get caught up in expectations or as she calls it, um, we talk about the consensus reality. Pretty, pretty interesting stuff, kind of deep. Um, but I mean, that's that's what we're here for, right? So without further ado, here is Dr. Rosie Kuhn. All right, so let's just get right into it. So how old are you? I am 71. 70. Just turned 71 years old. Amazing, great. Um, yeah, how would you describe the work that you do? Um, well, I would start off by saying I'm a transformational coach and then I would add that I um, my coaching includes what I would call the transpersonal the spiritual the whole person hmm. and I would include that I was um, a marriage and family therapist and worked in recovery for a while so um, I have 40 years of experience in supporting and empowering myself and other people to really get to know who they are as a whole person Mm -hmm. Not just uh, physical, 3D, this is what I'm supposed to think, consensus, view of reality, person. Right. That's where I would start. start. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I have noticed that you mention on both of your podcasts, or I don't know if you have more than two, um, the consensus reality. Can you talk a little bit more about that? So it's, it's what we see around us. It's what we think is true. When we're not questioning reality, in a sense, we're going, oh, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, that's what I should be doing. You know, in a sense, uh, you know, as a a female gender, here's how I'm supposed to dress. Here's how I'm supposed to think. Here's how I'm supposed to be around men or other women. Mm. So all of that is just automatic. In a sense, it's based on the data that has been filtered to us and through us. Uh, for through, throughout history mm-hmm. and then we're left with what this is and so we're here in this reality and uh and then we can go wait a second this doesn't fit me this doesn't feel right to me this doesn't feel like i don't and, and i i don't know about you but i know a lot of people including myself who's like i don't belong here hmm. i don't know what, why i don't know i should i should try harder i should fix myself or something's wrong as opposed to going there's what we think we should be and do, and then there's who we are as an essential, divine, natural expression of who we are, just as a being. Yeah. And I love more and more, and I, I, I see this on Netflix, and I love watching Queer Eye, and um, Jonathan Ben Ness is somebody that I have learned so much in terms of who are you in there? 
he is just the expression of him. He doesn't have, you know, all of the, the learning and growing and, and uh, challenges he's been through. If you don't know Jonathan Madness, he's with Queer Eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a non-binary person and as a, as a spokesperson for that, uh, it's really helped me even grow my capacity to accept people who they are. And there is no normal, basically. So that was, there's no normal. There's what we think is normal, and then there's who we are in our natural, essential expression of self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what started you on that questioning path, the, the, the path of questioning the consensus reality? I feel like we each have very specific things that trigger that, like, oh, wait, whoa, I've been living in a, like, autopilot and not really questioning anything. And so what was that for you? What flipped that, um, that mindset? I would say it started when I was, um, uh, I'll say 11 or 12 and I grew, I was raised in Catholic church mm-hmm. and I started going, wait a second, that doesn't fit whatever it is, particular dogma or whatever. It's a sin to, you know, it was a sin to eat meat on Friday. So I'm 70. So I grew up in the fifties and sixties in the fifties. It was a sin to eat meat on Fridays. Okay. And then it becomes, well, it's not a sin. It's like, wait a minute, how can something be a sin and now it's not because somebody says, um, or, or mm. questioning heaven and hell or questioning that I have to talk to a priest about my, my sins, my, why can't I just talk to God directly? Hmm. Those, that started me on that perspective of, wait a second, I, I don't understand this. And younger than that, it was like, you, you just, I had to suppress my, my questioning. You're not allowed to question. And I wasn't allowed to question my parents. Hmm. You didn't, that's part of that consensus reality in the culture I was in. There's no questioning authority. And then it was like, wait a second, but I have these thinkings, I have these thoughts. And most people grow up to whatever degree, um, losing the ability to know what they think, feel, need, and want. Mm. Because we're not supposed to, you know, it's just, Juliana, tell me what you want me to tell you. Tell me what you want to talk about today. Tell me what, how I'm supposed to show up. Those kinds of things. As opposed to going, hey, just be you. Just be you. So that was the beginning, I would say, was that questioning that reality. And it was very scary because it's like, well, I might go to hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Certainly when I came, came out to my parents that I was not going to be following Catholic Church anymore, they were furious, right? They were just furious with me. When, and, when uh, was that? How old were you? Uh, I was 17 at that okay. point. So it was about like five or six years of you just kind of like, whoa, what's going on? Right. Is trying to fit in, trying to be a good Catholic, trying to go, well, how can I change my orientation so I fit into this picture? Hmm. It's, um, and I think, so the point is, it's not the Catholic Church. The point is that programming mm-hmm. and the patterning and the training that is so automatic. It's not like there's anything wrong. It's just the programming and the patterning. Right. As part of the data, it's like our what the in our computers, all this data is coming into our, our system constantly and fortunately we have some virus protectors that can you know take out those bugs but in terms of our human human experiences we have we are um, I'm going to use the word infiltrated but that's the energy the energy of allness 
the energy of all this is the universal energy that is, which includes all the past and all the future and all of those kinds of things. So mm. it really is a, a training in a sense to say, wait a second, I have to, I have to put a pin in this moment and go stop, stop, so I could be me in this moment as opposed to trying to be, trying to fix, trying to heal, trying to get over, trying to all the trying mm. and just stop. And go wait a second, who am I? Who am I? What's really true here? And I'm grateful to be on the planet for 70 years. And, and I, I, I it, it still, Juliana, I go, oh, my God, I don't feel 70 on the inside. I feel like I'm 39, really, truly. <laughs> so when I say I'm 70, people go, oh, she's old, right? Hmm. But it's like, yeah, when you look at old people, and that's in air quotes, they're not old inside. They're not old inside. Hmm part of another thing to get over since <laughs> that training yeah so hope that answers your question that was that was the beginning of questioning reality questioning everything mm-hmm. yeah and so you do transformational coaching now um you said you were an mft what other careers have you held throughout your life well generally um uh, i got my master's in marriage and family therapy when I was like 29 I was married I have two children Mm -hmm. Uh, and at 29 30 I was getting my degrees and I moved out I was I lived in Nova Scotia I lived in Ontario I lived in Nova Scotia I grew up in Michigan lots of stuff lots of adventures Um, uh, and uh, moved out to Nova Scotia and got a job found this job in um, with the what used to be called the Nova Scotia Commission on Drug Dependency and uh, and so I got it, got a job in a very small little community in Liverpool, uh, Nova Scotia, being the therapist, clinical therapist, working with people who um, were in recovery. And uh, I was working with people who had at least gone through some detoxing and were were in a process of getting their lives together. They were on the path. Okay. And in that, I realized that. Therapy does not prepare you to talk to people about their spiritual issues. Hmm. It does not. In a, in a sense, most therapeutic, especially now, then there were, and especially with the, the MFTs, uh, we had expand. We were we were not under the psychology boards, so we weren't having to know and work under the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Mental Health Perspective. We saw people as people and part of a system and the wholeness and how did you learn to be you hmm. kind of thing. But even in that, I wasn't prepared, and I don't think most most psychologists or therapists are prepared to talk about who we are beyond the that three D consensus reality. Here's who you are, who you're supposed to be, and um, I would say, generally speaking, there's a norm that most therapeutic processes are trying to get people to come into that they could be normal Mm. we want to be normal I think and I mean I would say that's true for me too and and it may not be the same but I still see that focus on trying to get people normal Mm -hmm. and um and there isn't a normal so that's one of the things I find wonderful about transpersonal psychology or uh, the transpersonal more integrative approach to the whole person is that we're looking at who are you you know in fact 
So I don't know how old you are, Juliana, but you, you have this podcast called Wisdom. Tell me what your podcast is called. Why is not withered? <laughs> why is not withered? And I'm, so I'm expecting to talk to somebody who's 60 years old, right? You're not 60. So my expectation is you can't be doing this. You're too young, right? <laughs> so those, those interpretations are inaccurate. It's inaccurate. And so when, we, when we're trying to be or do uh, based on somebody else's perspective, mm. that's where we start to get dis-ease. We'll call it that, dis-ease. Mm. I got to a point where it was like, wait a second, I, am not, I want to grow my capacity to work with people um, in their spiritual issues because in a 12, this is the point, 12-step programs um, bring in the relationship with uh, something greater than mm. higher power, um, something where you can let go of your own sense of will and doing it and let go and let God, basically. And because I wasn't trained to do that, I, I got it as I was working in, re, in recovery issues with people. But it's like, I want more training in that. I want more. I want to know more. So um, lots of things. I went sailing for two years on a 93-foot schooner across the Atlantic Ocean. I have a book called The Unholy Path of a Reluctant Adventurer. Oh. And I talk about all this stuff. Like, how did I come to make the choices I made? How did I end up here? How did I end up? in California in this program. How did I end up on this island? I live on Orcas Island right now in, in uh, Washington. Mm. Uh, the point is is that I found a school in California, which was the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology, now called Sophia University. And there I studied um, and specialized in spiritual guidance. This was before I knew, knew about coaching. Mm. Uh, and so the spiritual guidance was a great opportunity to see a different perspective than therapy. Hmm. And even at the school, which was transpersonal and woo-woo from so many perspectives, in within the, the therapeutic dynamics, they were diagnostic and they were like, um, um, what's the word? Basically, there's you're doing it wrong or you need help. Those like very like categories and... Exactly. Mm -hmm. As opposed to spiritual guidance, which is, hey, you're good. You're whole. Hmm. And and what's going on for you? You know, where's your challenges? Where are you? Where are you struggling? And and so that was really wonderful for me. And then I met a person. uh, His name's Hans Philip, and he is in Santa Cruz. And he became he he trains people to be coaches. And his perspective and his orientation was so in alignment. I mean, I mean, it just lights me up because here I studied as a therapist in marriage and family therapy and systems theory, which was so, excuse me, integrative and not, um, not from the DSM model, but really human perspective. Then studying spirituality and spiritual guidance and then finding this, this um, vehicle, I call it, this coaching as a vehicle for supporting and empowering people to go from here's where you where I'm at and here's where I want to go. Mm-hmm. So for me, coaching takes people from here and and here's where I want to go. That's my progress. Okay, that was in 20, 20 years ago. I I, I was a uh, coach, and with all of the practice and the training and the work that I've done, I started a, a training program in transformational coaching in two thousand one, and okay. I still do that. 
Yeah. So, but my focus is on when I talk to people, I bring out my little magic wand, mm-hmm. which people, but I have a little magic wand. And, and so I say to people, here you are now talking to me and I'm your fairy godmother. If you imagine me as your fairy godmother, and in this moment, when um, so we, people can't see us, right? We're just, there's, but in this moment, you had a response. As soon as I brought out my fairy godmother wand, you went, <gasps> and you lit up, and you got very excited. It's like, okay, my fairy godmother's here. Something really great's going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. And we had, you had a paradigm shift. And my, the, com- my name, well, the company's name is the Paradigm Shifts mm-hmm. Coaching Group. Because what's required in this work in transformational coaching is that people know of this other paradigm. And all I did was bring out my magic wand and you shifted into a different paradigm. But oh, goody, my wish is going to come true, right? <laughs> yeah, I love that. So when I talk to people and, and um, they call me, they've, uh, they've been referred to me or, you know, so-and-so said you're really good or I saw you at your website and I thought I'd call. And I go, great, what do you and they go, well, I kind of like to have more money and I kind of like to have a better relationship. And this kind of like to have, okay? And then I pull out my magic wand and they go, oh, and I go, what is it you really want? And they light up and they say, what I want is I want to live in the, on a beach in Hawaii. I want to uh, work with kids and disabled disabilities and I want to write and I'm, I, I love, you know, and they just get so animated with their own knowing their own knowing okay this is not something i'm making up this is not just like you you did it it was like (gasps) you lit up okay that's my coaching that's a transformation that's where we're going does that make sense yeah it does that that's so interesting just that that visual when when did you start using that little wand That's, but, that's great. I love that so much. But, you know, a lot of times I'm talking to people and my, I don't have the, this. This is just what it is, is you could go online on Amazon and ask for, you know, magic wands and this little acrylic thing with sparkles will come up. But sometimes <laughs> I'll just pull out my pencil, my pen and I go, mm. I've got my magic wand in my hand. And they go, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> and the point of it is not that I'm going to, in transformational coaching, and a lot, a lot of people are calling themselves transformational coaches. And what we think that means is just like you, it's like, okay, she's going to make my wish come true, right? Mm. And I'm not going to work at it. I'm just going to, she's just going to make it true. But the point of this is when I say, uh, I'm your fairy godmother, and my job is to uh, empower you, to empower yourself Mm. to make your dream come true. Yeah. It's not about me making it, it's you making it. It's because now we know, now we see the exuberance, we see the passion, we see the... And people go, yeah, but that's so impossible. It's like, it doesn't stop. Don't go there yet. Don't go there. Just tell me what you want. And this is one of the biggest challenges human beings have, or most people who, is they're not allowed to know what they want. This is like what I said earlier. Is people stop saying, "Here's, I, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I need. I don't know what I think. I don't know what I feel. So as a transformational coach, my job is to bring the space, be, be a presence, Bring, bring about this space where you can go, what is it you want? And you go, oh, I saw a doll in the window 14 years ago. I love that doll. 
right? It's like, do you want that doll? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, great. How do you want to get that? You know, do you, you know, we, we just describe and explore the possibilities versus, no, I can't have it. I'm not allowed. Hmm. Or that's really stupid because I'm 38 years old or I'm 70, whatever that is, right? We go, yeah, no, you can't. But you can. Yeah, I, I love that, a thinking partner, and it seems like more of a guide um, to help people through their own limitations. That's what I'm hearing. That's yeah. That's, and I wrote an article, uh, I think if you look it up I, on Google or something, or I don't know where it is actually, but it's uh, five reasons I don't tell people what to do. Mm-hmm. I don't tell people what to do because 99% of the time, they don't do what I tell them to do. And so you might say, well, why is that? You know, do I have bad advice? It's like, yeah, no, people don't want to do what they're told to do. Mm-hmm. That's just a matter of fact. In yeah. sense. They go, please tell me. And I tell them or other people are told. But if everybody did what they were told to do, we'd have a, you know, supposedly we'd have a very peaceful, loving, great world because people would be it's like, yeah, I'll do that. But we don't. Because we have the resistance. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's really interesting and it's really important to say, okay, so what's the resistance? Without judgment, we go, oh, I'm not doing my homework. You told me to do this and I'm not doing it. That makes me a bad person. I shouldn't be coaching. It's like, yeah, no, that's not it. That's not it. It's that we have perspectives and we have this data, this consensus reality we we started this conversation with. Mm -hmm. We have this influence that we've been swimming in and breathing and doing and watching FaceTime, Facebook, Instagram. That's all consensus view of reality. If you want to stop, I mean, I'm saying that, but you're on podcasts and I'm on podcasts and YouTubes and stuff. But (laughs) very clear about, hey, if you want, if you want to shift your your orientation and have a better life, if you will, or the life that you really want, you got to stop doing stuff that's that part of that normal consensus reality. Watching news, stop doing that. Stop doing that. Mm-hmm. The things that that feel negative, or the people that you feel um, negative around, like, or gosh, I just feel yucky when I'm around that person. Stop being around that person. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> right. But if I uh, they go, yeah, no, I, no, that's my mother. I can't, you know, or whatever stuff that shows up, or that's my best friend, or that's my favorite dog, or that's my whatever it is. It's like, oh no, I can't. Like, okay. So this point was on uh, why I don't tell people what to do. Mm-hmm. So as a coach, I ask questions. I don't tell people what to do. If I do, I say, okay, Juliana, here's what I would do. I would go to the store and I would buy that doll. Okay, yeah. So and then I say. So tell me what, what shows up for you as I say that. Because mm. it's not about me, it's about you. So tell me what shows up for you as I say that. And that gives you the opportunity to express your truth. And if you go, yeah, that's a good idea, Rosie, I think I'll do that. I'll go, stop. Tell me what's going on inside of you. As you might go, yeah, that's a good idea, but it doesn't tell me what's going on for you. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this thinking partner thing is really important because so many coaches are, we all want to be smart, we all want to be great so that you'll come back, right? And so many of us are like all about the money, so I want to make sure you come back, so I'm going to keep you dependent on me. Hmm. But if I say, hey, this is about you, I'm in service to you, if I do my job, you'll tell other people about me, I'm not going to worry, right? And my job is to empower you to know the difference of who you are inside versus what isn't and the fear-based stuff and go, yeah, no, I want this and I love this so that you know that that's my job. And if you, I want people to fire me in a sense, I want people to outgrow me. That's the whole point. Right. Yeah. But but two, you're going to say, hey, John, you got to, you got to talk to Rosie because she's great. (laughs) And not because you're dependent on me, but, but because you became independent mm-hmm. and individuated. You came to know your own truth and you love it and excited and want to explore and experiment. And is it scary? Yes. Is it hard work? Yes. And it's really about you in individuating yourself when people say, oh, I want to be sovereign. It's like, okay, great. And be the fullest expression of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Amazing. <laughs> so, so it, it obviously you have so much experience. How has your coaching changed over time since it's been so many 
so many years at this point. It's, I have, um, I have, you know, it almost brings me to tears to think about that because um, I had no idea that we as human beings could grow and expand ourselves to such a good degree. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's true. Um, and so every, you know, it's like how, and I thought about this before when I got a BA in psychology, that kind of thing, and got my master's, like how much can you know about, you know, here's the books, here's the theory, go and do it. It's like, okay, great. That was the practice, right? It's like, you know, go do your math, go do your your um, multiplication tables, and that's it. And then you go, wait a second, but now there's fractions, and now there's, you know, C minus this plus that multiplied by, right? But we don't even know that exists when we're doing just know your multiplication tables. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with becoming a therapist or a coach. It's like, and, and it's really a matter of what's your spectrum? What is it you're wanting? And because I continue to be curious about who is in here inside me, and I'm curious about what the fullest potential is of this being, me, then I keep growing that capacity of knowing. So as I do that with myself, I have greater capacity to bring that to you. Mm-hmm. Up judgment, with less and less judgment. And less judgment about, you're doing it wrong, Juliana. You got to do it my way. It's like <laughs> all that stuff just goes away. It's like, yeah, no. If you're not ready, you're not ready. And mm-hmm. I say that a lot to people because you're supposed to be ready. And if you're not ready, I better help you get ready. Or I got to do something different so you'll be ready. Because mm-hmm. if you're not ready, I'm ducking really fast. But if you're not ready, then you're going to quit. And then I won't get paid. Right. That kind of thing. All that stuff as opposed to going, where are you? And you go, hey, I'm not ready. It's like, okay, great. One of the things I talk about a lot is that we have these conflicting commitments. So you as a potential client come in and go, hey, I want this shiny, wonderful life. And I go, excellent. I'm so excited for you and all that. And then six weeks down the road, you're not that much closer to that. You go, what's going on here? What's going on? Well, there's a dilemma because there's part of you that doesn't, none of us know how to be in that fullest potential. You don't know how to do that. I don't know that. I've never been there. We're not, we don't know how to do that. People want transformation. They don't want transformation because they don't know, they're not going to know how to be that. You take a a caterpillar and you make it into a butterfly. It has no idea what it's doing. Right? (laughs) So as we, as, as, we have this dilemma like I want that I want what I want but I'm afraid to let go of what I know mm-hmm. so every single human being and I say this to every single person I'm coaching and every person I'm training to be coached is there's a conflicting commitment I say I want this and I'm also committed to not getting vulnerable mm-hmm. and so the work of a coach is to support people to be in that, wow, that dilemma and and that choice point and to explore what's that like for you? I want this so much and yet I'm so afraid, right? Yeah. That's, that's every human being's dilemma. Mm -hmm. So we're constantly, uh, that's what I'm doing with people is supporting them and being able to slowly, slowly, slowly make incremental because this is not about, leaps of faith and quantum leaps 
this is about incremental shifts and changes. Right. People go, I don't know who I am without. It's like, and I had a client the other day say this, I don't know how to do that. And I go, wait, when you, like, I don't know how to be with the unknown. That was her thing. Mm-hmm. And this is what 90% of the human beings are up to because they, they're afraid of the unknown. I want this, but I don't know how to do it, right? I don't know how to be me in this greatness. And so it's like, well, when you got up this morning and you looked in the mirror and you smiled, how was that? It's like, oh, yeah, no, I had that moment, right? And it's like, um, when you looked out the window, did you know what you're going to look at? No. And what was that like? Oh, it was good. Did you know what was going to happen? Did you know which, which, which tree your dog was going to pee on outside? Nope, didn't know that. How was that for you? Well, that's fine with it. So being able to go, wow, every moment is a moment that I'm in the unknown. It's a revelation. Hmm. It's a revelation. Oh my God, I'm doing it all the time. But, you know, and then we squeeze up again. You go, yes, but. Um, hmm. It's those little incremental places that um, a, a thinking partner or a coach or a fair godmother, whatever you want to call a person who says, look, you're doing it now. Mm-hmm. like yeah but I can't do it over here it's like okay good good to know but you're doing it and you can allow yourself to be available to wow I'm already doing this if I can do this here then I can learn to do it over there if I can learn to be okay with the unfolding like we have a lot of wind today right and I could be all in a panic like oh my god 40, 40 mile an hour winds it's gonna and it's like no I'm, I'm okay with that I've learned to be okay with that. And we can learn to grow our capacity to be okay with the unknown anywhere and everywhere if our desire is great enough. Mm-hmm. I want it enough. I wrote, I, I have 14, 15 or 16 books somewhere in that vicinity that I've written. The first book is called Self-Empowerment 101. And, um, and I talk about that commitment or being committed enough just enough so that you can consider the possibility of it Mm -hmm. as opposed to the resistance and the the, the yes but comes in so quickly but if we want something enough then we're willing to allow one incremental step closer Mm -hmm. Um, and a good example of this is one of my one of the most important practices for change or transformation is noticing mm. so I if, if people go uh, so this client is um, I, I want her to become aware of her judgments and resistance righteousness basically judgments so right. I go okay I want you to notice every time you're you're judgmental about something and it took her six days so the sixth day so the day before our session boom she's she started seeing her ju- she started seeing her judgments mm-hmm. so there was something she wanted enough that all of a sudden it allowed her to notice mm-hmm. and then she noticed something else and then she noticed something else and she was like wow it's all over the place <laughs> so in the noticing we can't change what we don't notice mm-hmm. we can't change what we can't see right. and so a lot of good effective coaching is getting you to see not just See it? Do you see it, Juliana? You go, yeah, 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 I see it. But it's like, it's not that. It's it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how prevalent this is and how it's making me exhausted. Hmm. I don't want I don't want to be exhausted anymore judging and being righteous and 
you know, telling other people how they should be better. I'm tired of it. It's okay, great. What can you practice? I can practice saying stop to that. I have to notice it first. Mm-hmm. If I don't notice it, I can't change it. So I got to notice it and then make choices based on that. So that's based on that conflicting commitment that I want what I want, but I don't want to lose my security safety. I don't want it to be hard. I don't want it to hurt. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to feel my feelings. Like, okay, great. Okay. Great. I'm I'm just taking it all in. I'm I feel like I've I've heard a lot of these concepts over the years. I I started my own like I guess spiritual path about 5 or 6 years ago and yeah, it, it is really noticing that is the starting point of it. Yeah. And yeah. noticing the patterns and all the resistance that shows up too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is, it's all resonating a lot with me. I, I love all of, the, all of the things you're saying. It's, it sounds great. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm curious for you. Um, did you, or do you still, um, receive coaching yourself? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, and so what if if you're willing to share? What are some of your own limitations that you have um, confronted and changed over time? It's it's a, it's an ongoing. Uh, there's a book that I love, and I've been using as one of my Bibles, main Bibles. It's called Oneness. Hmm. By a person named Rasha. Rasha transcribed. Uh, not transcribed. She downloaded this book, so it's a channel text called oneness and um so i read that all the time and why am i telling you this <laughs> um i i was curious about your own some of your own limitations that you've confronted right so the reason i mentioned this book is because one of the things it says among many thousands of things that just keep re- re- reiterating is that we're this is a life um, this is a, a process of life theme resolution. Life theme resolution. Mm. So our, our time on earth is, you're here, it's like going to college and saying, here's the curriculum I'm taking. I'm taking engineering, biochemical engineering. That's very specific path, right? Now, if you're taking an art class, that's not in the same genre as a <laughs> biomedical engineer. So we're here to have a very specific life theme resolution process that we're here to grow ourselves through. So um, I, it, we cycle back over and over and over again to these themes that people go, oh, I've already done that, or I've already dealt with that. Hmm. I, I did that work with a therapist over here. I, I don't need to do that now. Right. right. But it's showing up. It's showing up. So I say that because what shows up for me continually is, um, and you've heard this a thousand times, I'm holding my face like, oh my God, we're so tired of this conversation. But this place of self-acknowledgement, self-appreciation, self-trust, self-safety, safe that I'm safe with myself. Mm. And then that comes into a place of self-reverence and, and inevitably self-love, okay? But so many of so. I think that's true for me, and I really see most of what I'm going through is universal. This is what every, should, every, 
shows up for everyone is what's the degree that you feel safe with yourself mm. what's the degree that you go yeah no I'm wrong bad unworthy I'm a mistake what's the degree do you do that and it's like the more that we could go oh wait I'm still doing that unworthy mistake thing I gotta work at that that's that's all I'm doing at greater and greater degrees mm-hmm. um, of awareness but it's the same things just different mm-hmm. um, money issues are always big for people but money isn't about money it's about worth and value and trust and um, mm-hmm. believing so a lot of people will say hey I really believe that the universe is abundant and, and it's it's here for everybody and I go okay great so how are you living into that oh I don't I'm afraid (laughs) so I'm really I'm staying in a job I don't like because I'm afraid right Mm. it's like but you told me that you believe that the universe is abundant and it's there for you yeah I know I say that but okay Mm. and 99% of us have these very wonderful and true knowing of this abundance in in the universe but we're afraid to actually take the leap and have faith in that and practice living in the truth of that mm-hmm. we have faith we take our faith and we put it in the consensus reality of work and bosses and having to work at a job you're not happy at that's where we put our faith if i do this long enough i'm going to be okay to live here peacefully and enjoy what I have 
and it would be nice to have a greater abundance of financial whatever. And you could go, well, why doesn't it? Why don't you have it, Rosie? Right? And it's like, gag. My curriculum, my life theme resolution issue is still working itself out. Mm. And maybe financial abundance, in my estimation of what that should mean, isn't here. It's not here yet the way I want it. But that doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong or that I'm bad or that, and this is part of that thing of stop doing that. Stop doing that. There must be something wrong with me if I don't have what I want. So one of the things I love in oneness, it says your highest vibrational results are always forthcoming. Your highest vibrational results are always forthcoming. Mm. So this is the nature of us as vibrational beings. And if we're in a density, most fear-based perspectives is very dense. Our consensus reality is very dense. Fear, fear, fear. Okay. Our highest vibrational results are always forthcoming. It's like, and I go, okay, so if they're not coming, then I got some work to do, <laughs> right? It makes sense for me rather than going, oh, my God, there's something wrong. And it's like, yeah, no, I got some growing to do. Mm-hmm. And I, it's not like, and people go, oh, my God, it just takes so much. You're 70 years old and you're still doing this. It's like we're doing this for eternity because we are eternal beings growing ourselves, you know, every moment of this eternal brilliant life Mm -hmm. we never stop we never stop so it's always juliana always a matter of reminding myself of that reminding myself that my life is really really beautiful and i get Mm -hmm. to talk to you and i get to you know be part of something really great uh and that's pretty awesome yeah yeah i love that I am hearing this this really delicate balance of accepting where you are and also like loving yourself into improvement. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's not like, and, and this is uh, this client I mentioned earlier. She is uh, she like most of us think we have to keep working on ourselves. Hmm. And my message to her is: stop working on yourself. Stop believing that you need to do something about who you are. Right, and the 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 challenge with that is when because the addiction is to to the movement and the mm. activity, but also to the cortisol and the adrenaline, right? The hormones, busy, busy, busy. Yeah. When we stop, we start to feel uncomfortable because we're now going to go through a withdrawal mm. process. Oh, oh my! Wow, yeah. And this is where the addiction and recovery process comes into work in this work because nobody wants, you know, it's like, oh, if that alcoholic or that, you know, uh, workaholic or a drug addict, yeah, no, they, that's, uh, you know, but we're talking about this, these elements, these systems within ourselves, these patterns of being that have been with us for so long, we don't even know they exist. And mm. so that, that going, 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 trying, 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 bettering myself all the time is, a, is one of those life theme resolutions. Where does that come from? For her, it comes from, or for me, it's from, I'm not okay if I'm just sitting here doing nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, but I am okay, I, because we're all we're all divine beings here, as opposed to, no, I got to keep, you know, what was it, like, Jesus is coming, look busy, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, 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 but 
and so she's struggling with the not this even the consideration. We're, we're not talking about she's doing nothing like as in recovery, like or withdrawal. It's like no, she's considering again. This is that dilemma. I want fulfillment in my human spirit, but it's too scary. Hmm. Like, okay. So my my work as a transformational coach, as a thinking partner, as a as a fairy godmother is to support people. Go, yeah, I totally get it. Been there, done that right. many, 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 many times. Like, good sponsor in any twelve step program is going to say, yeah, I know what that's like. Hmm. I know what that's like to be in resistance. I know what it's like to be terrified of choosing something different. I know what that's like. And it's because I've done my own personal work and gotten to the point where I have that I can say that and and truly mean it, not from a place of arrogance and let me tell you how to do it. Hmm. But it's like, I totally get it. It's it's what we call a big fat B with. Fat B with. It sucks. Yep. It sucks. I don't know what to do. Yep, totally get it. Well, tell me what to do. Yeah, no, what's that going to do? Yeah, well, you know, those kinds of, yeah, 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 kind of things that we're all in, right? Mm-hmm. I think I'll just turn on Netflix and have some ice cream. That'll, <laughs> yeah. let me just take a break here, which is a good thing too. But we're always in that place of how you know, incremental, slow, there's no hurry. Mm-hmm. You'll get it this time, you'll get it next time. There's no mistakes. Like, if I didn't fix it this time, I'll fix it next time. It just doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It gets to the point where it doesn't matter. Right. Not flippant, but just in terms of be who you are now and what's that like for you and, and really be, see this as a precious. Come to come to experience yourself as precious. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, yeah, I'm precious, but it's that really true, slowly evolving into exploring and experiencing the preciousness of your being mm-hmm. that's the point yeah yeah in our current uh, life theme resolution process no. right um yeah wow where to go from here um let's see i i do have a list of questions but we've, we've already hit a lot of them just just from what you've already been talking about um yeah, I, I am curious, when did you decide to become a coach for other coaches? Like, what, at what point did you feel qualified to train other people to do the kind of work that you do? It, it came really naturally, and because I've been in, uh, 20 years in the therapeutic, spiritual guidance kind of area, then it wasn't hard or difficult to slide that into, into teaching and training. Okay. And Hans, who was my trainer, he actually asked me, he said, I would want to do a training program with you. And he wanted to do it at the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology. So mm. that was our gateway into doing that. So we were able to train at this really great school and uh, did that. I did that for 10 years. I did it with him for a year and then took it on. But it, I had such an in a, a, a capacity. This is one of those things you it's like, oh, my God, how did because it's like, how did you do that? I had this capacity to teach and integrate all of this this information from the therapeutic processes and spiritual blah, blah, blahs and the coaching da-da-da's and go, yeah, no, this is, and put it all together from my own orientation, my own way of seeing the world. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. It made me really happy. And obviously it made a lot of other people happy because it was a really successful program. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was transition that was very 
amazing because I already love teaching and I was able to integrate all of what I learned almost I'm going to say magically but it was just because I worked so hard at integrating things from the therapy I say therapeutic but that systems perspective human perspective spiritual perspective and really wanted all of that anyway and so this was that tipping point or that magic correlation or coalition of everything in at one place and bada bing bada boom it happened so yeah okay yeah, I'm I'm curious in one of your podcasts you said that you're pretty reclusive and don't let a lot of people into your life. I I resonate with that. I feel like I also am the same way. Yet simultaneously, I feel like we both share a lot in the podcasts that we do. Like how do you how do you explain that? <laughs> um so I'm I'm pretty much an introvert, so I get a lot of my refueling by by being alone, basically, mm-hmm. um, and I love um, I love conversations like this, um, and then it, it's it's like uh, they they fuel these fuel me, but then I've got to go and you know I don't have anything else specific to do today, so I'll go take a nap or have lunch and do other things that need to get done. Okay. But it's it, I, if I'm in a social environment. Um, or where there's a lot of people, I don't, my, my energy gets depleted pretty quickly. Mm, okay. That makes sense. So that's, but also I think it's important that, um, the idea of highly sensitive people, uh, that we talk about that, um, as a highly sensitive person where, um, we, we can get, um, fatigued very quickly by being around people or being around, uh, environments like shopping malls, for instance, or, or particular restaurants that are like, ah, frequency is like, oh my God, this is too uncomfortable. And when we realize that we become more conscious in how we take care of ourselves and go, yeah, no, I can't, no, not going to go. I I don't go to, I mean, I I live on an island, so there's no malls, but even in particular shops or whatever, it's like, yeah, no, not going in there because Mm -hmm. it diffuses and diminishes my energy in a way that's not fun. So part, partly it's that too. So when I'm with people, I'm with people more consciously and of choice as opposed to going, yeah, I'm supposed to, or I should. Hmm. Uh, a friend of mine asked me to a concert on the last weekend, and I went, oh, God, you know, geez, gee. and I went, yeah, I really want to go. And I felt into it. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go. But a lot of times it's like I can feel that. So it's always the, the balancing. But part of my point is, is that I, I am a highly sensitive person. Mm-hmm. So I take that. I don't go. Oh, I mean, as a di- I'm not saying that as a diagnosis, but as a before I even took the the online quiz, it's like, yeah, I'm pretty sensitive to things, you know. Uh, and so my work is really important to me. So uh, my friends, I keep keep quiet, you know, kind of friends because I want my energy to be full for my clients mm-hmm. and and for my life. That's I have to be, um, I have to be aware of that. Yeah, I have to be conscious of that and make conscious choices based on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that answers that question. That question. I hope that answers. Yeah, question. it de- it definitely does. Yeah, I I resonate a lot with that too. I also I didn't know there was a quiz, but when I first read about HSP, I was like, wow, that's totally me. Like that all resonates with me too. Like. 
being very sensitive to how other people are feeling without them and really needing to express it and like kind of taking on other people's energy before I learn to like energetic boundaries and all of that, all of that stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah you can Google highly sensitive people and you're going to, the quizzes pop up. Mm-hmm. Here's the questionnaire, whatever it is. Uh, but most people already know this. Like, it's like, that's why they, they go, oh, I, I'm going to take it just for fun to see how, what's the degree of highly sensitive person I am. Yeah, cool. I, I think I'll go do that after, after this interview. <laughs> you know, it's another identity thing. It's like, oh, I'm one of those. But it, <laughs> I mean that kind of facetiously because what we're talking about is dis- dis- disintegrating that identity that I'm anything other than who I am right. at this moment. Yeah, so. yeah, just, <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> Yeah, so you mentioned you've written many books. Um, when did you decide to write a book and what was that process like? And yeah, I'm just so curious. It's it's just very fascinating that you have had an idea and wrote about it and seen it to publication like so many times. Like that's that's really amazing. Well, I didn't I I grew up with a C minus average in high school, I was told that I was like, had I think my IQ was 95 or something like that. And, wow. you know, that my history teacher told my mom not to have me go to university because, you know, I just, I'm not cut out for that. And um, I just was never told, or I, I mean, I was so in angst about dysfunctional stuff in my reality. Mm-hmm. I had no capacity to even know who I am or what I wanted other than you're supposed to go to college and you're supposed to get married and you're supposed to have kids and you're supposed to, you're supposed to, you're supposed to. So, um, bottom line is I didn't start writing till I was 55. Uh, I got my PhD. No, that's, I mean, I, I finished my PhD when I was 50. Um, and, uh, so I had to write it for my PhD. And part of that, uh, came to, to came to awareness for some people to go, wow, that's really good writing in there. It's like, wow okay mm-hmm. it's, like, it's just right I, it's just what I'm doing I, I'm not a writer I'm just doing what I'm supposed to have to do to finish my PhD but I got some no, notice and people go hey would you join this group because we're talking about writing embodied writing like what it feels like in your body when you're having these experiences in life and I was writing about being on the sailboat mm-hmm. and having a transformational experience and what it was like in the moment of that experience. And they went, wow, that's really great. Like, how'd you do that kind of stuff? Do more of that. Hmm. So that was the first that I started to getting getting some recognition for my writing. But um, in when I was 55 and I was doing this training program but hadn't writ- written a manual or anything, uh, a friend of mine had written a book in um, three weeks, three months. And, and I said, okay, you did it in three months. I'm c- committing to do it in four months. I'm going to write a book, this manual, in a sense, for this training program. And so that was my commitment. And and so I wrote it in four months. Now, that was, the, in a sense, the first draft got written in four months. But it was written, and I loved it. And then it went um, it through many uh, facets of editing, and, and I'm self-published. All my books are self-published. Okay. And on, on Amazon has this great uh, ability 
to uh, connect people is through BabelCube. It's called BabelCube.com for anybody who's writer down there, um, who connects people to translators. Hmm. So my, a lot of my books are translated into French and Italian and Spanish and some other languages, which is really fun. Hmm. Uh, but it took me four months to write it. It took me another, I'll say, almost a year to have the... Uh, cover done and all of the edits done and everything put together. It was probably about a year, over a year. Okay, but um, I I did it. It was great. I mean, I've been writing little blog kind of things, which seemed weird at the time because that was all new. Um, um, and this fellow contacted me and said, "Hey, I've got this um, website about business, and I'm wondering if you would write blogs on that." And I go, what do you want me to write about? You know, kind of stuff. And, and then he said, yeah, and if you write like 25 or 26, you can put them, put them together and make a book. Like, well, geez, that's a really great idea. <laughs> so the first book I wrote after the Self-Empowerment 101, that was my first book for the training program, but it's really a great book for everybody. Um, he, when, after he approached me, I wrote a book called The ABCs of Spirituality and Business. Hmm. And I'll, I mean, there's 26 letters, so that was easy. And so writing A is about acknowledgments and allowing those kinds of things. And B is about whatever, you know, just on and on. K is for kindness. Um, hmm. Put it together and, and that became a book. So it was six months of writing, 26 weeks, I think. And um, that became a book in a, in over a year just by, the again, the editing and the cover designs. And then I wrote another one, another set of blogs for him calling, called Dilemmas of Being in Business. Another 25, 26 blogs, put it together, bada bing, bada boom. And then the fourth in that series is called I've Arrived, 
well, sort of, 101 things that, um, it's like, think the, the, the ways that you think you're there, you've got the enlightenment, you've got the aha, you've made it to the top, and it's like, yeah, no, not really. Hmm. <laughs> That's about those spiritual awakenings and spiritual insights and places where we think we're like, oh, God, I've got it now. And, you know, I was like, oh, no, I guess I don't. I've arrived, but not really. So, so those are just some of the books that I've written and, and they pretty well write themselves. I, it's really important as a creative and expressive, this is part of the expression element of who I am is these books are like tapping me on the shoulder and say, you have to, you, whatever you're doing, stop, you got to write. Mm-hmm. And they just come, they just come. And I, I, um, uh, there's a book I want to write on spiritual immersion, which is the podcast that you've perhaps have been listening mm-hmm. I want to write a book on that because if people need to read about la 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 it's not coming it's not coming I'm trying in 14 different ways it's not coming hmm. so, so that's you know if, if they don't want to they don't want to but <laughs> I will tell you I'm working on a um, a new course that's called um, in, in essence it's called Mastering the Art of Transformational Coaching hmm. a year long program that includes the fundamentals of transformational coaching more advanced and then um, spiritual coaching so um, it's probably about six months out I think until that starts but that's a really that is a really a heart's desire passion as well so I think that will include the spiritual immersion elements of that but but it's it's something that's actually happening like I'm actually sitting down and it's happening I'm saying it that way as opposed to I'm doing it, but it's doing me, basically. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's, and when people say, how do you write a book? It's like, well, it's like, how do you make a baby? I mean, the baby will make itself. You just do the <laughs> first part, get your computer, get your pad, get your pencil or whatever, and it will make itself hmm. if it wants and if you get out of the way. But if you say, well, I'm going to make a, a, a boy baby and it's gonna have you know purple eyes and it's like yeah no it's not gonna happen not now anyway you want if you want to write and there's a creative thing that wants to come through the way to make room for that is to make room for it Hmm. without going I mean if I had said yeah no I'm not gonna write because I got a C minus in high school you know and I had to take remedial English in college you know, so who am I to write a book? It's like the book wanted to get written, so to get out of the way, you know. Right. Truly. Yeah, I I love that. Yeah, I I do feel like I I love to write also, and it's it's very inspiring hearing you talk about how you wrote your books because I I have been thinking like, wow, how do I write a book? But it's like you just <laughs> you just do it. <laughs> People are like, oh, here's the book, right? But when um, this fellow and I still almost re- um, almost remember his name, I can see his name, but I can't remember. Um, <laughs> he said, you don't have to write a book. You just write a blog. You write 26 blogs. Yeah. About and and the, that was, it, that's what happened. And that's most, uh, aside from the, the series, the 101 series, that's pretty much what it is, is one blog at a time. Mm-hmm. Aging like a guru. That's one blog at a time. And I wrote a diet like a guru. That's one blog at a time. I wrote parent like a guru. That's one blog at a time. But you put it together. It's a little book. They're not big. 
concise and available. Mm-hmm. I, and you know, you do it because just like anything else, you love it. I, I'm I love to paint. I'm not selling my paintings. I mean, it's not, I mean the books are are there. If people want to buy them. It's awesome. And like I said, they're in different languages. That's awesome. It's fun, right? Because we created it. Does it mean I'm going to be a millionaire and be on the bestseller list? No. That's not the point. The point is it wanted to get written. I wrote it. I honored my agreement. And yes, send it on its way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Go. I love that. That's, that's so good. Up, right? You show up. You say, hey, I saw you on De Leon. And I went, wow. Because that book, that, that course was written from the self-empowerment. Okay. Right, yeah, how to stop giving your power away. That's right. That's the title that they came up with, but that was based on, I started out with Self-Empowerment 101. They go, yeah, that's not going to sell. So, home, took it, and they did what they did, and you go, oh, who's this person? That sounds interesting, and you call me, and now we're having a conversation, (laughs) because I book 16 years ago. Right. Yeah. You never know. You never know. That's amazing. I love that. How do you define success? Well, um, the vision statement I have, which is what I'll start with, is the, that um, is the fulfillment of the human spirit. That's how. And so when my when I have the sense of quality of fulfillment, that for me is success. Hmm. Um, I would like to have a more money coming in that would be great that would be fun um and so how do i describe myself as without that making money uh, an element of success because it, it can't be it never was or let me put it this way we have a hierarchy of values and my fear-based value says money because money is going to give me stability and security and all that stuff but when i really look at how i live my life My choices do not come from um, money. Hmm. It comes from my heart and connecting and empowering and supporting and learning and and expanding myself. uh, The more, and though this may sound crazy, because it does, because it sounds woo-woo, but the greater my capacity to be in alignment with my essential nature, I start to have more etheric qualities of experience I have more enlightened experiences like a wow wow like that kind of experiences that are occurring in my life and in that moment I had this like this place that was beautiful in my experience and I went that is so much more valuable than than money hmm. and then two days later it's like where's the money <laughs> school 
radical dysfunction, alcoholic parents, six of nine kids, C minus, below average IQ, and I'm here talking to you with this level of quality of delight in my own being, that's success for me. That's like, oh my God. And, you know, that my relationship with my daughter continues to grow, mm-hmm. that's success. That I'm a, I become a kinder, more generous human being, that's success. Mm-hmm. And, and for me to say those things is, I couldn't have said those. I mean, I'd say I want that to be, but I was more still in the angst of where's the money and where's the security and stability. I don't have a 401k. I don't have a savings account. I don't have those things that you're supposed to have, right? Mm. I, I'm here right now talking to you, and who knows? Right? <laughs> who knows? I don't have those elements of what fame and fortune or success looks like. Right, in the consensus reality. <laughs> this is reality, nicely put. Right. Yeah. You got five stars for that one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, wow. I guess, um, what's, what is something you've learned about yourself just in the past, like in the past year, if you can articulate one thing? Um, that's, that's a big question. Um, I think that the, the last year, um, I was faced with a lot of, this is where we're doing the life theme resolution piece. Hmm. And I was, I was facing a lot of circumstances that showed me that I was alone and, um, insignificant, incompetent, basically. I mean, that was my, would be my interpretation of the circumstances that are showing up. And it's like uh, the trauma of our, of, I believe we come in with trauma that we're not just traumatized in this life, but past life traumas or the traumas of our ancestors. We come in with that. And so we're, that's part of our life theme resolution is overcoming the trauma, letting go of the fears so that we can be here now. And so I had to had to face these ongoing facing of of these what felt like traumas, but was really just my own making up of how horrible, terrible I was and how incompetent I was. And so little by little, I was able to diminish that energy and heal that place so that I could be with stuff that happens without going into a trauma response, getting triggered into a trauma response. So that was, you know, and I like, I'm, I'm like, oh my God, that, that's huge. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. Truly, I really believe that. Because I grew up in such a dysfunctional, constrained, constricted orientation in life. I, I had to do things the way that I was brought up to do them. And here I am being as best I can a uh, an individual that is individuated and in, in attempting to know myself greater and greater and greater degrees of what's my choice versus somebody else's choice. Mm-hmm. I'll give you one more little example. I was sitting on the couch, this was a couple of months ago, and it's gray, and I'm 70, and I'm going, this is, this is as good as it's going to get. You're living in a trailer, lady. 
and you don't have, you probably aren't going to get married again, and so you you better get used to this, right? This is it. You're just, it's a decline, as you put it, withering, right? Hmm. Um, a decline into decrepitude. You better just get used to it. And it's like, okay, and I'm starting to go, wait, that's that consensus reality thing that just consumes us. You know, 70, 90% of the people who are 70 and older are on medications. Hmm. And, and we don't, it doesn't have to be that way. But I'm not any, on any medications, but it was like, okay, this is, this is what's consumed, beginning to consume me. And I had to go, you know, put the brakes on and say, stop. We're not going to, we got to stop. We got to stop looking at life this way because hmm. this is not who you are. This is what you, you know, this is not who you are. We have to make that paradigm shift. And, it was a struggle and, and, and uncomfortable and a deep grief that came up. Stuff, just stuff comes up. And so that was, that's what happens when you're on a path of life theme resolution or uh, um, um, exploring and wanting the desires is it takes a lot of, of work. But if you don't do it, I could have sat on the couch and de- de- declined in decrepitude and got sick and more depressed and uncomfortable and lonely and isolated. Like, that's not funny and comfortable either. Then we're just always a choice. Mm-hmm. So that was really a wonderful moment of going, wait a second, which, which, which reality am I gonna choose? Like, pull out the magic fairy godmother wand for myself and say, which one are you gonna choose here, lady? Cause you're the mouth of empowerment and enlightenment and delight and wonder and you gonna you know go walk your talk or are you gonna you know go down the rabbit hole of depression and get sick and die that's up to you and that's up to every one of us to make those kinds of choices wow yeah <laughs> I'm laughing because like that's the kind of work I do yeah that's that's great oh no hell no not not calling that woman no way (laughs) (laughs) i love that you did the magic wand thing for yourself that's that's amazing i mean that's that really shows that you know the stuff that you do for your clients you do it for yourself because it it works (laughs) that's right yeah that's right yeah yeah it's tough but if i don't you know, and I don't know if you ever heard this, but with therapy, it's like you can only take your client as far as you're willing to go. Mm, right. So if I have fears around whatever doesn't matter. Then I'm not going to be good at supporting people through that fear because right. it's like I want to don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. But if I go there and I don't go there for myself and feel the fear and feel the stuff and the junk. And help a client explore that. What's that junk you're sitting? I can see it right there. What is that? Yeah. And they go, "What are you talking about?" It's like that, right? And they go, "Oh, that." <laughs> and I try to have fun with it, so that it's it's not you know like you and I are laughing with this because it's it can be play when it's serious and difficult, and it's also playful and human human humorous. Mm-hmm. We go. What is that? And I'm smiling and laughing, and they're going, "Oh my God, why are you? You're a crazy lady!" <laughs> like, no, really, what's what is that? Yeah. So, because I know that place, I mm-hmm. know it. Mm-hmm. 
curriculum and supporting other people in, in choosing this curriculum of human spirit stuff mm-hmm. and the fulfillment of a human spirit is huge huge commitment mm-hmm. so I have nothing but respect for a person who calls me and says I want to work with you and I go oh my god I'm honored because mm-hmm. they're wanting to step into their knowing their full knowing of who they are right. as a human spirit as a, a contribution a contributor to the well-being of all of us truly yeah yeah wow i that's pretty much all of all of my questions is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to or that i didn't ask (laughs) no i think you did a really great job thank you yeah I I was so I was so pleased to hear back from you so quickly. I was like, oh wow, yay! I actually had I I had a tab with your website. I was looking through. I was thinking, wow, she's done so much. And there was a part of me that was thinking, hmm, I don't know. Maybe she's too important for me to reach out. And I I I didn't for many days. I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna send an email. Worst that could happen. Never hear back. I've been rejected before. I can handle it again. <laughs> And I, and I thank you for saying that because I have a lot of people who will call me or email me for coaching or, or training or something and um, their thoughts are, oh, she's too busy or she's too important or she's too... And so I go, hell no, hell no, I'm, I want to play, I want to I wanna play. I have, I'm not too important, I'm not too busy to, um, to engage with people because I love it and mm-hmm. I want to. Yeah. I do want to offer... Um, on um, there's a, uh, a organization I'm connected with. It's called Suivera, S-U-I-V-E-R-A dot org, and um, their mission is um, heart leadership hmm. and uh, growing growing the world and growing communities in the world from from the heart. So I'm um, I'm one of one of the people that are part of that organization, and on that website. Uh, there is something called the Inward Bound Boot Camp for Self-Transformation. And I wrote this, and, and you can find parts of it on YouTube if you go to YouTube and my channel, which is Rosie Kuhn. Um, you can see part of that course, but it's $7, I think, at this point. It's $7 for um, 21 or 22 videos and uh, a downloaded PDF book. And it's really about the, the basics of this self-transformation process. Like if you want to know about self-transformation from my perspective, then this would might be a, a great beginner course for people. Um, it's called, um, again, Inward Bound uh, Bootcamp for Self-Transformation. And uh, seven bucks, I believe. And uh, it's uh, it, 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 it includes the book, um, a, a manual, which if you bought it on Amazon was, is 10 bucks. So even for seven bucks, you're saving some money if you're interested. Nice. But that's a really good place to go if you're really interested or your clients or your your audience is interested in. Great. And um, your website is, is it theparadigmshifts.com? Yeah, theparadigmshifts.com. You can just Google Rosie Kuhn, K-U-H-N, and you can see what I look like so you can see the picture so you know that's me. Uh, but it's yeah, Rosie Kuhn at theparadigmshifts.com is the email, mm-hmm. or just check out the website. There's lots of free 
logs and information. And if you're interested in training with me, give me a call. I do right now. I'm doing primarily one-on-one coach training because I think it, it helps people who are already at a level of knowledge and wisdom and experience, and they just want to take it into the more uh, pragmatic elements of mm. what I do. So that's what I do that way. And then there's coaching. Great. And you have a YouTube channel as well. You have a couple of podcasts. Is there anywhere else? Do you have an Instagram? <laughs> I'm on Instagram. I, I'm not that busy. Just uh, we, we keep up with what's going on. Uh, I started a new podcast with a, a friend of mine. Um, she has a podcast called um, Food Integrity Now. And we joined forces and our, our, um, our website or our podcast is called Beyond Food Integrity thriving like a guru her hmm. name is carol gravet so uh beyond food integrity thriving like a guru that's our new conversation the two of us together it's kind of fun great yeah well thank you so much this is this has been wonderful i'm so glad we got to connect me too and anytime you want to reach out again or talk again or whatever just let me know Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Why Is Not Weathered podcast. And you will hear me again next month with another interview. Have a great day and you'll hear me again later. Bye-bye.